All right, Kim, thanks for coming on. Yes, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here and to finally meet you. Let's go ahead and dive into the inoperable cancer story. Um, talk about what you had and and then what happened. Okay, so I was diagnosed with mastocyzed melanoma and it was inoperable. I um, went to the surgeon um, to see if this really drastic medicine that I was given in the Western medicine, um, it was supposed to shrink it so that it could actually be taken out. And the medicine did not shrink it enough uh, to take it out. So the surgeon was like, "There's, I'm not touching you. Um, and the thing with that particular medicine is that if you don't get it out, that medicine will kill you within a week because it shrinks it. But then if it's not taken out, it takes over your body very, very quickly. So like in three days, the mass was completely down. But then if you don't get that out because it was in it was intertwined in arteries. It was just too dangerous to do the surgery. So I went home after that news. Now, this was a very long battle, you know, um, doing everything I could on the green side. You know, um, it, Western was a last resort for me. I had gone that route and just nothing was working. I had no choice. And I took that medicine. And so now I'm at this place where there are no answers. So I went home um, after that, that news from that surgeon. And there was three surgeons that I saw and none of them would do it, would do the operation. So I went home and this might sound kind of weird, but I went in my closet and I just did my, you know, I, I went there to just cry uh, because I had, two young children at the time. Um, they're still relatively young right now. Um, but then they were very young. And so I laid down on my side in the closet, uh, like a walk-in closet kind of thing. And I was doing my health regime. I was doing um, fasting and just purely, you know, uh, clean. I was doing everything in my power to live. And so with that, diagnosis like it was very grim uh and so i i just went in into the the closet laid down to just basically not to be heard by my children that i was hysterically crying okay so i was crying and i just said you know please help me god you know um and i came to a point after fighting you know, like there's just no way that I'm going to be taken. That was my, that was my attitude and that I could do it myself. Okay. And so on this day, I realized I can't do this on by myself. I can't because obviously there's not, there's no answers out there. So I surrendered. And I mean, to the point that I finally came to a point where I said, okay, God, if you're going to take me, then I'm going. And I mean that with all my heart. It wasn't, I didn't even have like any kind of resistance, you know, where I was like, okay, um, here, here we are. 
And so I did say to God, I said, you know, if I could just ask one more time to live for my children, if there's some miracle, something that nobody knows about, some kind of healing. Um, and so I was so deep in that surrender and I was listening to um, some Christ consciousness frequency music. Okay. So I was listening to those sounds. I was going into deep meditation, deep prayer, deep supplication, deep meditation and surrender. And so what happened then, now you have to understand I was fasting, like I told you. So, you know, even biblically, there is this, this is where communication happens with God when you fast. Okay. This is why, you know, many religions talk about fasting and people that are even not religious when they fast, they, you know, I, I believe it opens up your consciousness, you know, because there's not toxins there to confuse you. So I went into this place of surrender and I was just crying. And then all of the sudden it's what I call an open vision but it's also what I'm finding is an NDE. A lot of people call it that, that an NDE is really just a shift of consciousness. Whether you leave your body or you don't leave your body, there's the ability to experience a near-death experience. And so I was laying there and all of a sudden, there I was not in the closet anymore. I felt like I was taken up to heaven. Now, when I say that, I, I need to kind of tell you that I had no religious foundation. I was brought up, um, no religion, just I, my parents believed in God, but it was like, we're not taking you anywhere near a church. We want you to find God on your own. You know, I grew up in the seventies. So there was like, the only thing we did that was semi-spiritual was follow a guru right? And go to satsang meetings and things like that and meditation. There was no foundation for what I saw. When were, I was, they, were they in self-realization fellowship? Um, it was not that. It was actually Guru Maharaji. Okay. Um, and it was a 70s guru where he would come and there were like satsang and people would gather. Um, and so I was like seven at that time. So that's basically all I knew of a church. Um, and there was no discussions about Jesus. There was a, it was like, we don't want that. That's, that's what I was brought up around. It was like, we're not doing that. So what I saw when I awakened up in heaven was this, I was in the same position. I was laying down on this mist but the mist was intelligent and it was an extension of Jesus. And what it imparted on me was that it was his, an extension of his white robe that contained immediate. It was like an instantaneous download that I knew absolutely his love. And I, I could feel him on the horizon. I felt like I was on the outskirts of the actual, you know, 
his his actual closeness of being in his presence it was so astounding it's like indescribable what i felt but what i i immediately said inside of my mind was like how and i might get emotional how could i have forgotten you i knew instantaneously that he loved me and i was one of those people that would make fun of like a bumper sticker i'd be like oh yeah jesus loves you like i was you know there was i just wasn't into that and so i i just had this knowing that he loved me in a way that is not describable in earthly terms so when we say unconditional love we really don't know what that means i mean we we get glimpses maybe with the birth of a child you know um a moment with a pet that's unconditional love or um but it's it's like it pales there, there's just no earthly way to describe the feeling now attached to that feeling and knowing of instantaneous love it, it's like there's no delay in time where i think a thought and then then i you know know it's immediate. It's now. There's no time there. And so I knew that this realm, it was heaven and that he was, is the one. The, and these are the word. these are the only words I can uh, share with you. And I hope they don't sound too, you know, religious for some of the viewers out there. But what it felt like to me is that he is sovereign sovereign over the earth that he really is all the things that I never thought he was or that I was taught otherwise and so there was attached in this mist absolute consciousness uh, of him and love and there was a sound it wasn't an earthly sound so it's hard to describe it wasn't like you know, I heard music, I heard angels singing, but it wasn't like the way you would see in a movie, angels singing. It was like a frequency or a vibration, almost like this exaltation of Christ within every molecule that was not a molecule. It's very hard. It's very hard to describe, but that mist was the Holy Spirit. And I knew it without a doubt. And I knew that sound, like I remembered the sound. I remembered, you know, I like, I just could not believe that I could have forgotten that because I knew that that's where I came from. I knew it. And I woke up on the southwest corner of this mist, okay? Uh, this is the only way that I can interpret it. There was an invisible cross on, on that mist that I knew was there, but that I could not see with my inner eyes. I couldn't see it. And Jesus told me, do not cross. Like, I'm not supposed to get up and walk around and go to any other part of that where I was, where I woke up. And I say it woke up like 
where I was taken up, where I awoke consciously um, in this, in this, you know, near death experience. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it. And when he said that, do not cross, I was immediately taken back into my body. And I started saying, take me back, take me back. Don't leave me here because here I am praying to stay, you know, that I would go, that I would, that I would go. If I was asked to go, I'll, I'll go, I'll go at this point. It's been a long battle. There's no answers. I'll go. But could I, but could I stay for my children? And I was brought back into my body and I did not want to be here. There's no way to describe how, you know, when you say love, it sounds so cliche. It sounds so like, well, what are you talking about? What do you, what do you mean that you could love Jesus more than your children, more than your husband, more than your life? And I will say absolutely yes, that when you're in that state, um, we should not completely you know, have regrets with those that pass. Because when you're in that state, it's absolutely euphoric. There's nowhere else you want to be. You don't remember pain. You don't remember, you know, um, anything that you went through in those moments of your end. And so um, I feel like the message from that was that, you know, maybe maybe what it is is that, you know, in other near-death experiences, they somebody is, you know, maybe evangelist Christian and they experience a different thing. I don't know if I was, you know, shown the opposite of what, of how I was brought up. But I will say to you, you know, 2000% that Jesus is real, that, that he is sovereign in heaven, according to my experience. And that would be the opposite of what I was taught. So. Amazing. And, um, you know, there, I think a lot of the the stuff from Christianity has sort of been distorted in a way. And, you know, you have a lot of these new age people that will not accept it. But right. I think that there's a lot of connections between Jesus, the true Jesus, as he yes. was without being misrepresented throughout history, and some of the more new age phenomenon like NDEs and spiritually transformative experiences that people are having today in the astrology and, and other random things like that. I, I think it's all connected. And and we like to say, oh, well, that person's a Christian or they're not, a, or, you know, they're, they don't Label. really yeah, la labels and dogma and religion and all this different stuff. And when you really get down to the truth, I really think it's a, a lot more connected than than people realize. And I hope that in the next few years or so, people start to realize that as, uh, you know, I think that there's a, a massive spiritual awakening happening right now. At least that's my assessment. Um, but you right. know, there, there is a massive outpour of the spirit 
And it's, there's even like, you know, once this happened to me, I started researching the Bible as well as my new age agnostic background and how, how they actually came together. But I never felt absolutely comfortable in a medium setting. And I never felt, I've never been accepted completely in an evangelistic Christian setting because I'm prophetic. So there is, you know, there, there is a verse in the Bible, it's Joel 2.28, and I don't have it totally memorized, but it's like, and in those days, I shall pour out my spirit to all people. We're, we're not saying the people that are within the four walls of the church. We're saying all people. That's what God is saying. That And it doesn't matter what station you're in, if you're, you know, a high priest or you're what, what no matter what it is. I even think that sometimes the less religious you are, the easier it is to access your heart, because that's where God lives. That's, that's the inner part of your connection. So what I felt also um, in heaven was that I knew, I knew that I was only breathing. The only reason I was alive, the only reason that I was breathing was because he breathed life into me. Okay. So when we connect with our breath in meditation, prayer, you know, just taking a few minutes, that is our pathway. That's our bridge to connecting with God, the breath. Because if you don't have the breath, then you're not alive. And something created you, something is allowing you to breathe. That's involuntary. It's not your mind. It's not your brain that's helping you breathe and make your heart beat. So I believe that you know, since that experience, I know that the breath is the pathway to accessing um, God's messages. And for me, it's through the Holy Spirit. Because I was shown that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could you talk more about the self-healing regimen that you did? I think you, you said that you were doing greens and fasting. How were you doing like long fasts? Like a week long or every day or, or what? I was doing, there were times where I would like fast for four days. Um, but I have a bit of hypoglycemia and I have a demanding life um, as far as like raising my children and performing while I had cancer, singing, traveling. My husband and I have this um, music company band. So there was a lot of a lot of stress on me to not really talk about the fact that I had cancer because then we were afraid that we wouldn't be hired, you know? So it was like public figure kind of thing. So I think that I had to not really be extreme. I mean, I did go to like the Optimum Health Institute in San Diego and I was there for 14 days, you know, fasting. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that that can clean out your body. And many people did uh, receive healing where they're just absolutely healed from that kind of lifestyle. For me, it was a hybrid of that and the Western. 
and the Western, I didn't want to accept. So I was shown how there's goodness in that as well, that God has healers within Western and God has healers within the green life. So there's, um, you know, I did a lot of wheatgrass, organic wheatgrass. I would go and get flats of it. I would juice it. And I would even like, you know, at the Optimum Health Institute, they would teach you, uh, and I hope this is not too graphic, but both ends. I mean, you would internalize it this way and also uh, the other way. And so you're absolutely green, like from you know this at this end to that end. And um, I did that. I did, you know, uh, a beautiful probiotic and I went plant-based. Um, that didn't work for me that well. I went to some protein like fish um, and some chicken. Um, and you, and it's not, I don't want to say the way I went because it's different for everybody. Honestly, I don't think there's one way of fasting that works for you know, I, I know some people that can fast just purely on water, you know, um, so really what you need to do is connect and really trust your, your body and your inner knowing as to what is appropriate for you. You know, you can look into other things, but I don't think the path to healing cancer is exactly for the same for every single person or healing autoimmune is the same for every single person or anything like that. It's, it's, to me, it's like an individual experience as is the realm of heaven. I think that's also an individual experience. So they're kind of connected to me. Well, you said something that I thought was important about how it's individualized and in a lot of ways, diet has become dogma in today's culture. And, um, you know, what works for some people doesn't work for others. You know, uh, like there, there are people out there with certain ailments who plant-based will make them worse and may, they have to, they need to do like a a carnivore diet, which would seem crazy to some people. So you have to be in tune with your body and, and with what, what it needs. Um, so that was a good point. Uh, there was something, oh, I forgot. Well, I tried it all. I tried every single, you know, I did the black oil cannabis. I did, you know, I'm talking like full on THC. I did every kind of healing there was in the alternative. I went to the clinics in Mexico. I did all of it. I did the tonics, you know, the, uh, frankincense, which is, um, it's called something else in the herb herb form, but I would do those tonics. I was very clean in my eating, in my thoughts. I did positive affirmations. I did, there was not anything that I didn't try, I don't think, as far as, you know, that extreme realm of Eastern healing. I don't know if you would call it Eastern, but just green is the way I, I look at it. And then I got shown that I had to experience Western as well. So when I came back into my body and I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay here. I wanted to stay in heaven. Um, I cried and I asked to be taken back. And then I realized that God wanted me to live, 
but I was not told, Hey, here's the, here's the steps to your healing here. Here it is. We're just giving it to you. Like just exactly like this. Now, some say the miracle occurred while I was in heaven as to why I'm living right now. I should really not be here. <laughs> so the next morning, someone called and they said, hey, you know, I was working. It was a friend that was working on a cancer patient that she was doing lymphatic massage at a well-known hospital here in San Diego. And this person was talking about this melanoma doctor that was very cutting edge at a prominent hospital here. And he's like global. And she gave me his name. And so I went to see him and I did immunotherapies and I was healed. So is it a combination of, I feel to me, I feel that Jesus sent me that doctor. In my heart and knowing, that's what I feel like happened. It wasn't just segregated where, okay, I had this experience and then this friend called and just happened to be a coincidence. That's not the way it, it is for me. So um, I feel like there was healing in heaven, but I feel like I had to forgive Western medicine and go through that process because I had a lot of bad experiences in Western and I didn't want to go that route. And yet this doctor re just really reinstilled in me that just as much as there are alternative doctors that heal, there are also Western doctors that are appointed, divinely appointed by God. And sometimes we have to forgive and accept and accept information from both sides and re to receive your healing. So I don't want someone to watch this and go, okay, well, she went, she went green. That's what I'm going to do. Or, you know, you, it's your process. It's completely different for me. I had to learn to love both and to accept both in my life. If that makes sense. Of course. Yeah. And I've, you know, in my journey with my illness, I've sort of come to the same conclusion. At first it was all conventional and then it was all alternative. And now it's like, well, you know, I think there's something to be said for both of them. Um, so you, you mentioned that you, you're a medium and well, first off, what is that for those that don't know? Well, I have kind I, I dabbled in mediumship and it didn't really resonate um, all the way. I mean, there's just something that's calling me more, which is to just be, um, it started with that. Like I would, I would wake up. I didn't even know that I had the spiritual gift of discernment. That's what it's called in the Bible. Right. And then others call it psychic mediumship. I would wake up at 3.33 AM and there would be fans spinning and the lights are on and I would get up and like go down the hall and to see, to check on my, my baby boy. And I would see a spirit, you know, um, like 
in this one instance, I saw this young girl. I knew she was young. She was 13 years old. She was in all white. And she went down the hall and I saw her with my physical eyes. We're not talking about uh, usually usually messages come in like movie scenes in my inner eye that like are in front of me. So I would be what you call like, uh, I just have the clairvoyance, the, the gift of vision. So, but this was, I didn't even know that I had this at this time. Okay. And I just see this girl and she goes into the other room because I felt in my heart, she didn't want to scare me. And she had on white capris. She had on a white shirt. She was glowing white. I knew that she was pure, like just, you know, not like a dense. It wasn't a ghostly thing. It was like a heavenly spirit. And she said, tell my dad tomorrow that I'm okay, that I'm in heaven and that I'm with Jesus. And I was like, what? Okay, I had a doctor's appointment the next day with her father. And I didn't know how I was going to, I wasn't Christian at the time or, you know, prophetic. Like I didn't know that about myself. So I was like, how am I going to tell this doctor? He was alternative, but still had been an MD and then went over to the alternative side. I was like, how am I going to tell him that his daughter came to me. I don't even know if this is accurate, you know? So I said, I was in the waiting room and he came out to let somebody out of his office. And I was thinking, okay, I am, you're going to have to give me a sign that it's going to have to be a big sign for me to be able to say this to this person. I just don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, I said, I can't do it unless I get a sign. And so he comes out of the, the, the door and he's talking to the woman and the patient and he said um something about his daughter's death that had just recently happened and i was like okay so that was the that was the sign that um because he he was talking about it so when i was brought into his office just so happened something fell on the floor. It was like an envelope with uh, something in it. And he leaned down to get it and he goes, oh, this is the last letter that my daughter wrote to me. And I was like, okay, so this was my, this was my moment. So I said, you know, and I was too afraid to say that I had an open vision where I saw her go down the hall. Um, I told him that I saw her. And that she said that she was, she was okay. Um, and he was crying and he was like, you're not the first person that has told me that. I know that, um, and she had just died um, just a couple months prior to that in a, in a car accident. And so that kind of stuff kept happening and happening. And I was getting woken up. I was getting woken up. And then finally I talked to somebody um, that was a psychic. And she was like, you need to set business hours. You can't have them walking in, waking you up, you know, putting the lights on in your son's room, you know, like that. She's like, you know, you have this gift, you need to set business hours. And I didn't know how to do that. She said, it's just simple, just set business hours, tell them, you know, you have authority, and that they're not 
you know, this, you have to come into me in a dream or in the daytime. So I started doing that and I do see, I do get still, um, if somebody wants to come see me for someone that has passed, um, I want to say that it's, it's become a wider kind of session for me. So it's more on the prophetic side. So I get, I get visions about people's health, uh, about, uh, you know, their, their loved one, if I'm shown that through the Holy Spirit. So I just lift everything up and I say, what is it? So somebody may come to me and say, you know, I want to talk about, you know, healing and my health issue. Uh, am I going to get married or whatever? Like just simple notes. I don't want to know a lot of information. And I just pray over them and meditate over them. And so my sessions have developed into more of a prophesying over them in a lot of different areas. And then what has happened most recently is like prophetic visions globally. So it's, it's really starting to change. So I don't want to label myself as one thing. Does that make sense? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really cool that you are, you're a Christian and you're openly Christian, but you're talking about this stuff. And because in a lot of Christian circles, depending on which denomination or church you're a part of, this kind of language would be... Uh, it's not okay. <laughs> right, right. Definitely not okay. But when you read the Bible and you look at biblical texts and you look at Judaism and things like that, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening, far more crazy than seeing dead people or having visions or dreams. Right. I mean, like crazy stuff. So how come, and, and not only that, but if you look, if you want to look at scripture, Jesus said that we would do greater things than he did and more. Right. right. And, and a lot of people will say, oh, well, that just means you're going to spread the gospel. I really think he meant it in a different way. I think he meant it in the way that you're representing through your abilities and, and other people. I, th I think, I mean, I went, I actually went to our evangelist church and spoke out and said, do you have a, a mentorship for having the gift of prophecy? And they were like, nope, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And so what I, what I feel with that one uh, verse, I was telling you, you no, know, in those days, I shall pour out my spirit onto all people. I feel like what's happening right now is that whether you want to call it awakened consciousness, whether you want to call it the ability of, you know, the Holy Spirit pouring out where all the spiritual gifts in the Bible are coming out and it isn't happening within the four walls of a building of a church, not always. So don't hide like I did for a long time thinking, Hey, I don't fit here. When I talk to the new age crowd and the medium crowd, they don't want to talk about Jesus. When I go to the evangelist church, they don't want to talk about the spiritual gifts. Where do I fit? How do I belong? And how do I learn more? You know, besides just going inward, you know, is there a community that I could belong to that, you know, when you share and you have some kind of community, there's... I think that it amplifies it. 
And so, but what I'm, what I'm getting from God is that there's like, there's an isolation before the blessing. So I have been isolated in, in a sense through cancer and then through having gifts, gifts that are not common uh, where it's like, okay, if I went into a medium group, it would be common. Like, uh, you know, like, okay. But when you talk about open visions with Jesus in heaven, a lot of people that have gravitated towards that, um, they have been hurt by religion. So it's hurtful to bring up Jesus because they've been hammered, you know, a certain way you have to believe it this way. You're sinning, you know, like it's just a negative kind of way of, and that is Jesus was not religious himself. I want to say that. And that it has to receive Jesus, to accept him into your heart has nothing to do with a religion or following a certain person. It has to do, you could do it right now. You can accept Jesus into your heart and ask him for help right now. It has nothing to do with the steps that you need to take, you know, in order to do that. I mean, it is good to, you know, we all have things where we don't, we have regrets. We don't forgive ourselves. We don't forgive others. You know, we don't, um, I think it is good um, to confess that to someone, but sometimes people do that and they get hurt. They get judged. There's all this guilt, there's shame. So, you know, if there is a trusted source that you feel like, you know, um, that's what I'm doing in some of my sessions is releasing strongholds, listening to things that are being shown things, um, within the people that come to me that they have never spoken out loud before. And that just having that confirmation of somebody witnessing that pain, that shame, that guilt, um, whatever happened, there's healing. And then you bring in the Holy Spirit and there can be transformation in that. So that's what I, so I, I don't know what the label is uh, to say like, hey, you know, I'm not going to put a limitation on God if he doesn't, you know, if I say, hey, this person is really grieving, um, please, whatever you have, show me, and then I'll be shown confirmation of that person. Uh, but also, it, it's a little bit deeper than that. It's like, if there's an issue of forgiveness, if there's a issue of no closure, you know, with that passing. So there's, I don't know if I'm... Uh, articulating it well, but I am finding my, my place. And it's more of, I, I think being a Christian seer. So maybe that that's more of a, that's, that again is a label, but yeah. I like that label Christian seer. I think if you're going to use Christian language, I mean, maybe like, uh, like it's one of the fruits of the spirit or the fruits of yes. the something like that gifts of the of the spirit you mentioned the gift of discernment um and, and there are if you're reading the mainstream bible there are uh various gifts that people are supposed to have um i don't remember what all they are off the top of my head but i mean if you if you're seeing you know if you're seeing angels and you're seeing yes 
departed people and they're communicating with you. You can't deny that. So if the church is saying, well, that's evil, but then you're experiencing something that's very loving. Well, now you have to make sense. Healed. It's like, how could that be bad? I started, I started going because uh, there were, you know, there's, there's the verses in the Bible that say, don't do that. Don't seek these people. Okay. In the Bible. And so I wrestled with that and I was like, okay, well, if, if I'm truly, if you truly want this, then take it away. You know, if this is, if this is true, then take it away. It didn't get taken away. It wasn't, it was never taken away. So it wasn't anything I went after. It wasn't anything I asked for. So it was like, okay, this is a gift from God. And so aren't we supposed to do that? Aren't we supposed to help people to forgive? And, you know, aren't we supposed to uh, help people feel loved and to listen to their pain and their shame and help them get to that new place? So I just, I'm just doing what, what I'm led to do. And I know that the Lord will bring me whoever needs to be in front of me, you know, and I'm not going to judge myself anymore. Uh, when I was kind of giving my authority to people that I thought were bigger than me, right? Okay, they must know. They've gone to, they've gone to this Bible school and this seminary school, and you know, this person is like, wow, they're the best medium out there. Like, oh, you know, like I would, I would let things like that stop me um, from finding my own way. So I would say, learn from me, <laughs> you know, don't, don't let things go so long with your health condition or whatever, whatever you have that you're working on before you stop and surrender. Don't wait, don't wait for the wake up call with a health situation or the loss of someone. Um, I don't know if it's possible, but, you know, I think sometimes these things come because we're supposed to transform them into gifts. You know, if you didn't have your health issue, you wouldn't have this podcast, you wouldn't be interviewing me. So we wouldn't have this message. So it's all connected. And so um, when does the wake up call come, you know? I'm not sure. I think it's divinely appointed and it's not in the ways that we think <laughs> we don't, we certainly don't want, I didn't want my divine uh, appointment to be cancer, inoperable cancer, but it was. A lot of times I think these painful moments are catalysts that are designed to wake us up spiritually. Um, yeah. I mean, that's sort of our case, but you know, you can go the other way too and you can fight it and then, and then you never wake up and then you just have a painful existence. Right. So, yeah, but I think that there's a purpose behind all of these difficult scenarios, whatever they are, um, whether it's health related or, or something like that. There's an infinite number of ways people can suffer. Um, and it might not seem fair, but I think that when you're on the other side, kind of like you mentioned earlier, yes, um, you have, you experience this this sense of unity and 
unconditional love in a way that you can't really describe in human words. And it all probably makes sense when we're on the other side of the veil. Maybe not right now, but. So that that really just gave me this um, this vision that I had many years ago. I was in a deep meditation and I was instantaneously brought up to what I would call like, and you, you always hear, you know, the, the archives or, you know, that there's some place that exists in heaven like this. It was a very, very tall room. Um, and there were millions of scrolls in this room. And there's this very, very tall archangel. Now, at this time, I didn't know any about any archangels or their names or anything like that. And I, it was written in cursive where I saw um, this angel's name. And I felt like it was a little bit more masculine rather than feminine. And it was Jeremiel, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-L, or it was H, I can't remember right now. And um, he showed me that when we pass, we're immediately shown like a movie screen, okay, of our life. And our life is felt and processed, not from our own perspective. If you let somebody go through the line, the grocery line ahead of you, that was like older, or they didn't, you know, they had one item and you had a whole basket full or something that you can feel what it felt like in that person's heart when you let them go before you. Okay. You can also feel what it felt like when you said something harsh to someone that affected them and how that, how that spread out to, to everyone. And so the most important thing, it's not, you know, I mean, there's purpose there. There is purpose in our life. We have life purposes, but honestly, it doesn't matter if we're a president or if we are, have a job at target or we're on a podcast, it doesn't matter to God, except that did you love, did you love as much as possible? Did you, did you love? And it's, it's one of those questions where it sounds so simple and it sounds so cliche, but it's very true. So in all the situations where you did not react with love, you're going to be shown that from the other people's or the, the situation, you're going to be shown that from that perspective. And so I feel like on the religious end, when they say, oh, you know, there's going to be a judgment. Well, the judgment is you. You're, you're, you're like, oh, how could I have not loved in that circumstance? You don't even understand how you could be that way, you know? So I feel like when you said we'll understand when we're on the other side, there is this moment or moments, but there's no time there um, 
So that's the only word I can say is that there's this process. We have to process, there's this time frame that we need to process our lives, our passing, and the things that we we wish we would have said, our regrets, you know, things like that. And so sometimes I will hear in a session, you know, this person that passed and the Holy Spirit will show me that they say, you know, I'm sorry. And that, and it, you think it's so very simple, like, you know, anybody could say that, right? But this person's crying because they never heard that person say that they were sorry, you know? So it's, I, I don't think that we just like explode into a trillion pieces of light and we're no longer us. Like I was aware of myself in heaven. I was aware of that. I was on a different level and I could understand telepathically completely. And I, I know that, you know, in that verse in the Bible that says, um, you can't follow me. Jesus says, you can't follow me where I'm going, but I'm preparing rooms for you. What I feel like is that until we figure out the love thing, we can't, we can't completely follow him because in heaven, everything you think is instantaneous. It happens now. There's no time lapse. There's no. And so I think there's certain levels that we cannot visit without protection um, because things can manifest um, at an accelerated, you know, speed. We're just, we're, we're not, <laughs> we're definitely not there um, in our lives, you know? So as much as you can focus on being loving to yourself and to others, I would say that that is biggest the biggest thing that we can do acts of kindness and yeah i i think that that's our default purpose and i kind of talked about this a little bit on the last episode okay. so everyone's looking for their purpose right like am i supposed to be famous or am i supposed to be a businessman or whatever and what you just described right there i think is all of our default purpose is to to sort of move through life without judgment of the moment and non-resistance, basically mm -hmm. seeing the harmony and everything, and then treating other people and ourselves in a loving manner. So love your neighbor as yourself, right? And um, and then yeah. above that, then we can go do the the other stuff, right? The, we can make music, we can do this, that, and whatever. But that's our default purpose, I think. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, even if you're doing... You know, like, for example, um, my day job is um, leading our band, right, in our orchestra. So before I do that, when I go out, I ask for the Holy Spirit to go out of my voice, my energy, and I pray and meditate over the audience and oftentimes when I'm calling songs, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a five hour event of complete intuition of what they want to hear, 
what is happening in their life right in this moment. Like they need this. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a reading of a complete audience. And so, okay, that's a blessing to be able to perform in front of audiences. And there was when I was younger, it was like, I'm gonna be a record star, I'm gonna be, you know, da 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 da. And then I think when I was 29, I was like, okay, what is the essence of what you really want to manifest? And the essence was, um, you know, to affect people with my voice uh, through love and to make them happy and to make them feel good. I wanted to stay with my husband. I didn't want to do the LA thing where you're sitting with a producer and you have to act like you're single when you're not, you know, like all that whole mess, uh, that whole Hollywood ego. And I don't mean that. I mean, I have a lot of lovely friends in Hollywood. I'm just saying for me, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, it wasn't matching up. The, the little template was not matching up. And I realized that you're already gifted with your husband, you're already gifted with the house or the car or like whatever it was. And you have this opportunity to make people happy. So what's the essence of what it is that you wanna do? That is what you have to ask, not what what is my life purpose? Because if I do this, then it, it doesn't work. I don't think it always works like that. And so I take every audience even though I'm not famous, that that is an opportunity to help them feel love, right? Through my voice. I take that very to heart. And so even though that's a job or a work in a corporate setting, I still use it as emitting love. So not only just my ministry, I do that in my work. You can do that in a grocery store. You're in line, smile at someone. You know, if they're in a bad mood, it's likely that they've lost someone or that they did not sleep. And I, like, you could just even say to them, how are you doing? If they don't ask you how you're doing, you ask them how they're doing. And a lot of times they'll say, oh, I'm all right, but I just didn't, you know, I didn't sleep or something like that. And then you have something to connect on. And I hope that's not too off base of what we are talking about, but no, I think that's spot on. And I wrote something down in my notes like maybe a year ago. And and I wrote how I wanted every project that I'm involved in to sort of be a vehicle for expressing love for yes. others. So whether that's writing or music or this or business stuff that I do, or even just working, you know, at a job, um, right. it can all be a vehicle that you use to express love in your own way. Yes, it's so, so true. And it's hard to remember, you know, when you're, there's some days that it's, I mean, I don't want to come off like I'm, I've got it all figured out. I don't think there's, even having the experience that I had, I'm human. And there are times where I'm tired and you have to do things to revitalize your faith and to revitalize your spirit you know, and that could be nature, just something simple where, you know, you need to take care of yourself, but, you know, um, just make sure you're rested and check in, 
check in and just take, take those. Don't, don't just jump to social media and all the stuff that's coming at us. Like try to take some time, even if it's 30 seconds where you're breathing and you're connecting with God and you're checking in, like, what does my body feel like? What does my heart feel like? And try to go from, from that standpoint. Um, in my book, I give like a little acronym of the steps that I learned um, through inoperable cancer. And so um, this is my book up here, this, this backdrop. My husband helped me put this thing together, but it's, my book is Heaven in My Eyes, A True Story of Heaven and Healing. And it's available on Amazon if you're so inclined to read. So it's it's a lot about what you and I are talking about. And do you share more stories in there, kind of like the one with the the daughter of the doctor and uh, other spiritual beings and things that you've seen? I do, yes. Um, Archangel Michael. There's a big one on Archangel Michael. Um, there's definitely the open vision with Jesus, and there were several of those. And um, there's a special connection to Mother Mary, although I'm not Catholic, but if you love mother Mary, I think that you'll love many of the passages in there. Um, uh, some clairvoyant dreams um, and a little bit on my hybrid healing path. Now you mentioned in sort of in this one and then in another interview you did about global prophetic visions. I think you said you weren't ready to share last time. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just checking in to see if, if you're ready. <laughs> yes, they um, there's there's a, a prophetic vision that I had. It's going on eight or nine months ago, but just today, I, 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 I felt like this morning. I was like, I just woke up and I realized that I, I'm ready to do like a YouTube video on that and the ideas for the production of it so that it catches interest. Um, and it's on AI and it's on um, Jesus. So did you want me to tell you what this vision is? I think I know where you're going with it, but yeah, I, I definitely want to hear it. Okay. If you're ready. So it really scared me. The, this one was like the first time, you know, like I'd always seen all these heavenly, you know, Archangel Michael and, uh, you know, Jesus and Mother Mary and um, an angel that actually was walking in a body that came up to me and performed a healing. And then when I tried to find that person, they were gone. And I can tell you about that. That, that story is in my book. So it was always like this. uh love love message right but as you uh what i'm finding is that as you dive in more and become more committed like i have to my ministry and to the holy spirit oftentimes there can be you know prophetic warnings okay i had never experienced that so that's why this this particular one scared me so and i've sat on it because of that, like, okay, what do I do with this? I don't even know what to do with this. Like, ah, you're going to have to give me confirmation on this. I'm not going there. It was kind of like the first thing that I told you about when 
when the spirit was, when the girl was down the hall and I just didn't know what to do with it. That's where I was about six months ago when this happened. So I was awake and I was in the living room, just the TV was on. It was nothing special. I was not in any kind of meditation. I went down to stretch on the floor and I saw as though I was no longer in the room. I saw like a movie screen drop in front of me. And I saw what I thought was the profile of Christ, of Jesus. But in the vision, it was going like, it was, I don't know what you call that, like zooming. It was It was in the distance and it was coming closer and closer and closer to me. Okay. And as it came closer to me, I thought, I don't usually, in my visions, I don't usually see Jesus' face. I only see his robe, his white robe or his arm or his hand or his feet. Um, I feel like if I saw his face, I would explode with love. Like, does that make sense? Like, I I, I think that maybe I'm only going to be afforded that when I'm actually with him and, and gone. So there's something about it that I don't really see. I just know his 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 Holy spirit, if that makes sense. So I, at first I was like, how come I'm seeing an actual profile and like his face? So to me, I was like, okay, at first I was started to open my heart. Cause I thought, Oh, it's the Lord. But as it came closer to me, he turned his, he turned his face and I saw half was Jesus. And the other half was like Terminator. Okay. And I like, I physically, even though I was seeing it, I was like, like that. And I, I was taken aback and I said, stop. I don't want to see this. I'm not, I, I, I was questioning where it was from. I was like, okay, wait, is this not, is this some, is this the darker side of things showing me this? Um, is this evil? Is it, what is it? So I sat, I wrote it down and then I, I let it go. And I said, I've kind of learned like, okay, if you're questioning a vision that you see a prophetic vision, you need to ask and say, is this from you? Is this from you, Jesus? Is the, is this, is the Holy spirit, is this from you or is this other? So that's where, I've kind of walked away from mediumship without praying. So what bothered me about it is that nobody was praying over the people that they were, that they read and they're not praying. At, and when you ask them, well, what is your source? They don't even know sometimes. And so I know that there is more than just God. There's, there is an opposite energy force, if you want to call it that, or, you know, um, evil, there's darkness, there's, there's an opposite to it. And so I was wondering if that's what this was. And so I said, I needed confirmation. So the, I guess it was like three days later, I saw, well, no, the next day, my aunt texts me, right? She's all about TikTok. So she keeps Hey, Angie. So she's all about TikTok. She's sending me the TikTok, sending me the TikTok. So she's like, oh, I just love this. 
And um, I knew, let me just preface this. I knew when I saw the, the half Terminator with no skin, you know, metal looking like bone structure and this Jesus, I knew that it is actually already being built that this would be something that a lot of people would fall for as being the second coming of Christ. Like I knew it and it scared me. I was like, oh my gosh. And, and that I thought, well, this has got to be 20 years away, right? 40 years away. I mean, we don't really have those kind of capabilities right now. And so I was downplaying it because it just scared me. So my aunt sends me this. This was the first day that, you know, how on Instagram and TikTok, there's a lot of AI, um, you know, like you could just plug in Jesus and then the AI Jesus will come up. Right. And so um, she sent that to me and I was like, she loved it. And I was, I was horrified because I was like, this is a testing ground. They're testing who will follow this who will follow this kind of jesus opposed to the one that's in their heart you see what i mean if you make it easy for them to accept they're going to follow it and i just knew that it was not even though everything that was said was good on the on this post it was a message that jesus had but it to me it was almost like how they they were testing for like a, a few years ago in California. They were just, there was this push for that false news about you got to get it. You know, there's a pandemic of mumps. There's this and that. Even then I was like, they're testing us for something. Then COVID happened. Then we got all got to get the nation, right? Didn't even help. Right. So it, this I took as a testing ground. They're testing who is going to accept an AI Jesus, who would do that above something that would maybe take being silent and finding your own relationship with him. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And something that came to mind while you were talking about that is, um, you know, whether people believe it or not, uh, some people think that a lot of the folks incarnating now, if that's even possible, if it's Christian, if you're a Christian, some, someone might not believe that, but a lot of people do believe that people are being reincarnated now from the time of Atlantis. Okay. And a lot of the, there were two societies. It was Atlantis, which is very technological. And then it was Lemuria, which is more spiritual and loving. And apparently one of the reasons why Atlantis fell was because of the hyperpolarization towards technology. So that's kind of like the merging of humans right. and machines and the right. AI Jesus might be like viewing these technologies as a form of God versus in the, yes. in the process, you're denying the God within and you yes. become the machine instead. And you lose your, your, you lose your soul basically. Right. That, that was the message. The other confirmation that came uh, a few days later was um, Greg Braden came out with, he was really upset about how they're actually going to use there's like like one kind of power thing where they're thinking about rewriting the bible with ai i don't know if you uh i 
sometimes I don't um, retain like the names and the particulars as much. Yeah, I know um, this. It was Yuval Noah Harari. I think he's a okay. World Economic Forum guy or something. One of these right. people that doesn't like nation states and Christianity and things like that. Right. Yeah. And Greg was like, this can't happen. Even though he's he's kind of like quantum physics slash spiritual guy, right? He's awesome. Um, so he was concerned. And then I took that as the second confirmation that, okay, well, this is where we're headed. And in that interview, they show that they already have the robotics that they're putting human skin on. I was like, oh. so still, I didn't really know what to do with it. I was like, what am I going to do? Come out and start talking like, you know, Hey, I had this vision with AI, you know, and I mean, I'm not popular on YouTube, you know, I'm just slowly starting to gather um, things. Like I'm not like these people that have, you know, millions of hits and then you throw a video out there and everybody's like, Oh, this is the latest prophecy or whatever. Um, so I've waited on it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to wait until there just needs to be a movement, even though you've given me confirmation that yes, it's from you and that it's a warning. This is something I never, I don't really, I, I didn't really want to do. But sometimes we get asked to do things that we're scared of. You know, like I don't want to see the dark side. I just like the love, right? But I'm being asked to see into that to help people to recognize it. Does that make sense? Like, you know, breaking um, strongholds over people and to just kind of like talk about where we're headed and the powers of the world are headed in not the place that, um, you know, you just need to stay here, you need to stay there in your heart. It, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And if you want to get biblical, and talk about uh, end times prophecy in the Bible. It talks about the uh, apocalypse and the returning of Christ and all that. Uh, the funny thing is the word apocalypse actually means the unveiling. And I think that actually relates to maybe not the end of the world, but an end of an age of deception and the unveiling of lies and institutions yes. and uh, you know various elements of our society that are not necessarily fair to everybody. And I, one of the biggest things, and this is also in the Bible, if you want to get biblical, is the deception. There's going to be allegedly a lot of deception in that time. So if we are at the end of an age, um, some people might call it the age of Aquarius that we're going into or something like that, if if they don't want a Christian take on it. Um you know, we're going to see old systems fall away, I think, and then new ones take their place. And in that process of transformation, uh, these old people that run these old systems are not going to go down without a fight. I mean, they're going to rage against this and, it, and it's probably going to cause chaos. There's probably going to be all kinds of attempts to uh, delegitimize Jesus and Christianity and love and oneness and spirituality and all of that. But I don't think that those forces will win. Um, that's just the game we have to play while we're here, I think. Yeah. I just, uh, 
I, I think I did research it in the book of Revelations and there is someone that people will think it is Jesus in the second coming. And I've often thought, how could anybody like be fooled by something like that? And then I was shown that where it's like, it'll be very easy because if AI is rewriting the Bible or if it's an AI Jesus, there's going to be a way to answer everything because AI will expound upon the written word somehow where it's going to fool a lot of desperate people that have, uh, we, we just really need to work on really getting grounded and building our foundation because there is a storm coming and we need to uh, not build it on the flighty stuff that's coming through, you know, um, it's almost like, I don't want to say taking steps backwards, but just a wholer, a wholer kind of way of living. We need to kind of integrate, you know, we still need fresh air. We still need whole foods. You know, it's like everything's faster and faster and faster and faster. And it's um, getting to the point where I think we will accept it. I mean, they're saying even like people are going to be, now the good part of it is, you're blind, but then they give you a, an AI eye. Now you can see, okay, well, of course that's a blessing. You know, I just, that's where I get a little bit like, okay, there's, there's gotta be a gift in technology, but it's just what hands get a hold of it and use it for another purpose. That's what we need to be aware of. It's not just like, oh, AI, forget it you know, like, no, no, no. I mean, we keep progressing. We keep having all this technology and it's advancing us and it's gifted. Maybe it'll be able to cure cancer, you know, but there's also the people that want to use it for greed, control. Right. That's what I think that that vision was about is that don't be fooled. Don't find your faith in the false, the, the false Jesus. That's basically what it was about. Yeah. As technology advances, uh, we have to sort of keep pace with it from the standpoint of our consciousness and spiritual evolution. Otherwise I think it ends up getting turned into the dark side. Um, and you can see that with all kinds of technologies that we have today, some of which are like fire, you know, it's a, that's a type of technology. You can use it to cook things or you can use it to hurt people. So I don't think it's any different with the AI. Um, I think the difference though, is that the AI has so much potential to either really help society or really destroy it. Um, but yeah, we have to make sure that we spiritually evolve with the technology. Otherwise, it's probably going to become our like AI gods or something. And people already worship this stuff, like out in Silicon Valley. A lot of okay. these people treat these AIs like they're gods. I mean, that's kind of scary when you think about it. I I just had no idea about that until this vision and then all this information came. And so, you know, you have some people that are like, I'm so afraid of that. And like, absolutely. The answer is no, but I don't, I think we need to 
look into it. There's got to be people there working those systems that have good hearts, that have a strong foundation, a strong faith, a strong spiritual core, so that, you know, how do you know that you're not the person that's going to save the world from some kind of destruction? You know, like, uh, so we can't not know about it. And that's what I'm learning. Like, I can't know, I can't avoid the other opposite um, force to heaven. I have not wanted to look there. It scared me. Now I'm starting to understand with some of the people that I'm working with, if there is something attached to them, you know, like there was a, a young man that I saw and I saw a very dark, tarry, tar-like entity. Um, I would go as far as saying a demon. And I know that's super evangelistic terminology. And I apologize if that offends anybody out there. But that's what I would say it was. It was a demon. And I walked up to him and started praying over him. And I found out that he had recently attempted suicide. I felt like that demon was attached to him for that very reason and coercing him into that. And that the tar appearance was this addiction to vaping and to, uh, you know, nicotine and the tobacco. And so if I don't, if I'm afraid to look at that, then I wouldn't have learned to claim the authority to be able to help him be released from something like that and to know what to tell that kind of entity where it should go it has to flee in the name of jesus there's no there's no there's no choice in the matter and if you're able to claim that authority then you can do that but if if i was like what's this i mean i used to be like nope i don't want to see that that's the way i was with this ai thing and i've just needed time to process it. I'm like, okay, I know you want me to do this, but I don't want to do it. And so now I'm getting to talk to you about it, which makes me a little bit less intimidated by the vision, you know, where we're talking about, hey, don't be afraid to look into AI. We might need some people there working on that very system that could, you know, like maybe you're going to be the one that makes it not go that way. You know, we don't know. We don't know where our callings are, but I think it's, it's, um, it's not good. Knowledge is not good. I mean, I'm saying no knowledge about certain things that we don't want to know about is out of fear. I don't think that's a, a good thing to run. Like I, I have been running from that and God has been like, this is where I want you. When are you going to do it? So I'm here doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. You have to be able to face the darkness as well in you and others and in the world. Otherwise, you're only seeing half the picture. Um, and then also, you know, if you know who you are and you can stand in your power in whatever gives you that power, whether it's your belief in, in Jesus or just understanding that you come from God, all of us do. 
Yes. And you can stand in that, then you shouldn't have any fear anyways. You can face whatever it is you're looking at. Right. That's that's what my husband said to me, just like you. And he's not he's not religious at all. He's a little bit of a rebel. And he's like, why are you afraid? Because there's a, nothing stronger than God. And I was like, well, yeah, why didn't I, you know, why didn't I think that? But I, it's another thing to see something like that. It's a little bit, it, it can be, it can be a little bit frightening. And some people that have come to me that, you know, have been involved in really, really dark circles. Um, but learning, learning how to, in, in the moment, I'm not afraid, but sometimes after that, I need to process like, wow, <laughs> I'm being called to this new front that I didn't totally want, want. but sometimes it, it doesn't, you just don't, you're not always called to um, what you have planned for yourself. Oftentimes you're called to something else. Right. So, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I mean, that's I've had all kinds of pivots in my own life. I mean, some of the things I've set out to achieve, I've accomplished. And then other things I've realized halfway there that this probably isn't the right thing. And, you know, now I'm doing this and you're doing what you're doing. Um, on that note, you have you do sessions with people. Talk more about that and what types of people that you work with. I work with everybody. It doesn't matter what denomination or what your belief system is. I've um, talked to atheists. I've talked to um, all kinds of backgrounds. Um, and so it's in all areas of life. So basically people go to my website and book a session and in the notes, they can say, Hey, I'm wanting to get clarification or guidance on uh, my life purpose. And there can be some other things, just, just little bullet points, they'll say. And then um, I pray um, in the Holy Spirit over them. I, I do want people to know that when I pray, uh, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit, because that's, that's just the way that I'm guided. But most everybody, even... Uh, a Buddhist person was like, ah, no, that's fine. You know, just go ahead. So I just, I want to put that out there. But um, I pray um, in silence for about 20 to 30 minutes prior to the session. Then I call them. I don't Zoom or FaceTime because I often find that when spiritual information is coming through, there can sometimes be interruptions on the video and it'll go out when the person's crying or something like that. So I just do voice to voice. Also, when you're looking at someone, I feel like it can be a distraction and that maybe it's not completely like you can fill in the blanks by looking at somebody. I feel like if I'm just with their voice, I feel like it's a little bit more pure. Uh, but I'm starting to, to work with video a little bit on some group sessions. But one-on-one, um, -on -one, I, I like that. I like that. Um, just I just have their first name and a few bullet points of what they want to work on. And then, um, you know, they can, it, it happens just as fast through text as well. Um, so I do text sessions and I do phone sessions. 
and there's different time frames for those. And then um, we work together. I I lead every you know my um, clients in a guided meditation. And when I scan the body, oftentimes I see things in their in their body, so it'll be highlighted. Like you know, for example, a woman came to me, and as I was scanning her body, I saw. I kept like the Holy spirit would not allow me to go anywhere else, but her collarbone. Right. I just kept going there, going there. And I guess she had shattered her collarbone. So it's, it's just scanning, um, meditating with them and then praying over the session, um, protection and just clarity, um, and lifting that person up to the, to the Holy spirit and then giving them the information that I received prior to the session and then what comes in during the session. And then they ask questions. And then after that, I, I don't record it, but I send highlights of what I received in my meditation and, and throughout the session. And they get that via text or email so that they can reflect back on it and process. Takes time to process sometimes. It sounds kind of like you're a bridge between like the mainline Christian and the spiritual, but not religious type person. Yes. So I'm in between. I'm just, uh, I'm a spiritual counselor. I mean, plain and simple. I'm, I'm doing uh family, like a marriage counseling um, for some uh, health, heaven, matters of heaven, you know, somebody might come through an uncle may be coming through saying, you know, please tell them I am sorry. And I'm not, I'm going to say those things, even if they're not asking about that, there may be some information about someone from heaven that is very strong. Or if they specifically say, Hey, I, I, I lost my dad. I want to talk to my dad. Most of the time that will come through. Sometimes it might be somebody that they weren't thinking about talking to, but that that person guides them and um, helps them with their work, you know, or something like that. It's very, it's very interesting what happens. And I never know exactly. There's not like a cookie cutter template to it, you know? Yeah. In your experience with your abilities, do we have like spirit guides or guardian angels or something like that? I know we have angels. I've always been confused. That's the other thing that I didn't resonate with new age or uh, metaphysical. I always wondered, okay, so I've seen Jesus when I had no religious background. Why, why is it him? I've been into, and I, and I have not, it's not like I haven't looked into every other thing like, uh, you know, Ganesha, Buddha, Krishna, you know, like I was very open, brought up that way, just quantum physics and all of it. I looked into all that, but yet who came to me was Jesus. So I um, have never seen a guide. And I don't see guides around people. I see um, loved ones in heaven and I see angels. And that is of the archangel realm. And sometimes it's an angel that I don't even know. So like there was a recent uh, session where 
this angel appeared, big, huge angel with this holding a book open. And I thought, and I saw it spelled. I see like, I don't know, I was a spelling bee kind of kid. So I guess that's why uh, the spirit types things out for me and I see them floating. But I saw Archangel Uriel, U-R-I-E-L. And I had to look it up. And they sh they say he's often shown holding a book or a scroll of information. So it's it's kind of like not really having the foundation, but then seeing something like that. To me, that uh, how much more confirmation can you get? Because if you don't already know about it, then to me, it's real. It's confirmation. Yeah, those are all really cool experiences. I'd say most people probably don't have that kind of stuff happen in their life. That experience is like astral projection, if you've ever heard of that. A lot of dream stuff um, where you're kind of in between worlds. A lot of number synchronicities. Yes. And then, and then a lot of just regular synchronicities. Um, so is that kind of how the other side is communicating with us mostly through dreams and numbers, things like that? I know you know a little bit about the numbers. Well, there's, there's a lot of different gifts. Some people hear the audible voice. Some people are clairvoyant and they see movie pictures. You may have a sense of knowing, like in your center, like you just know and you don't know how you know. Um, some people smell, they taste, they have a sense of gifting that is not just in this dimension. Um, it's definitely a gift to have dreams. Um, not everyone has open visions all day long. I don't. I've had, you know, three or four really huge open visions. Most of it is like uh, like an internal movie screen that drops down and I see that movie. Um, I started, when this all started, I started seeing 333. 333, day, night, woken up at 333. That's where it started for me. And I had a fear from uh, being 15 years old when my grandmother had passed. I had found her. So I had a fear of sleeping with the light off. Okay. So now fast forwarding many, many decades ahead, I was still sleeping uh, like I was uncomfortable to have the lights off unless my husband was there. Um, and I started waking up at 333 in the dark. And I, one particular time I went downstairs in the absolute dark and I felt for the first time since I was 15, absolute love and absolute safety and security. And that I knew that God was present. I knew it. So it, it continued, it continued. I got into, you know, angel meanings. I got into numerology. I got into all of that for many decades. Then when I had the open vision, I started writing my own spiritual meanings. So I will, you know, know the angelic meaning like 333. I think it was, um, you know, ascended masters are near you. 
Um, and so when you look at it in the Bible, Jeremiah 333 is call out to me. God is saying this, call out to me and I will show you things that are unsearchable. That is the same thing. So I'm seeing this synchronicity between these vastly different worlds. So I started writing and interpreting those and I wrote a blog. It's like on my website and I started this repeated, you know, I just put on Facebook 333 repeated number sequences, language of the angels started four years ago, forgot about it. Didn't even know it was there. Yeah. I think there was like 27 people in the last two months. There's 6,500 people members. It's, why is it expanding? Because these synchronicities and God communicating to us through numbers is a very, you know, in quantum physics, the universe is made of numbers, right? It's It boils down to a mathematical equation. And if you think about it, uh, you know, three is such a powerful number. number. In Christian ver verbiage, it's you know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy, it's a Holy Trinity, right? Then when you look into quantum physics, it's this perfect balance, the triangle. You know, Tesla was very into the number three. And so when you start diving into it, you, I'm just like, I just wrote a post on there. I just was like, whoa. So I went to the gym. There's a license plate next to me with 333. On the other side is a license plate with 777. Okay, so now it's been years, so I kind of know, okay, the 777 is saying heaven is applauding me for my spiritual work. 333 is saying call out to me and I will show you things that are unsearchable. Call out to God. It's like a big, like, I'm here, I'm around you. So that night, I was on a prophetic call and uh, a Zoom call, and I saw things happening in this woman's body that were very accurate. And then we prayed over her in this call. And I feel like I saw those numbers. I mean, the message is, is that we're, we're applauding the work that you're going to be doing later, you know, and God uses angels. I totally believe in angels, you know, just to answer your question. I just, I don't, I don't mean to say that there aren't guides. I just have never seen them. And I've never heard a name or anything like that. It's just only been Archangel Michael for me and Jesus and Mother Mary. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, there's a, in like metaphysics, there's a theory or a way of looking at things as though our personality down here on earth is sort of like only a fragment of our full self. You yes. can call it our, our higher self or whatever. I think it's possible that what people think of as their guide is just the totality of their being that's sort of informing them from a standpoint of outside of time space. So yeah, something like that. Maybe you need a physical name. You know, I, I mean, I've often thought of that, but like I was, I was um, praying one time. I was just in this deep, like if you're a Trekkie, I don't know. A lot of people don't watch Star Trek, but um, my husband and I were heavy, heavy Star Trek-y people, and we still are. Um, 
I was in this place called the Nexus, like just absolute bliss, totally relaxed. I was listening to my son, you know, play with his train. He was like, choo, choo. He's like two years old. I was laying down on the floor. I was totally relaxed. And I was having this conversation, open conversation with God. And I was like, you know, what is the deal with angels? I mean, are they really real? Or is it like we just give them a human form because we're little human beings and we can't translate what the real thing is. And so we give them, you know, like, like the paintings in Italy, you know, like, and all that is, you know, are they really real or is it just kind of like a, a human, we need a human form to be able to relate and process it. And so I was just breathing. And when I lifted up, I saw in front of me, open vision, Archangel Michael. Now he was sitting on the fireplace stoop. I knew telepathically that he was seven foot four. I knew, I saw that he had this, he was Nordic looking. He had this sword, he had this shield. And I didn't even know anything about this angel at the time. I had to look it all up. And he said, massively, like my whole body was vibrating and I've never, ever felt such power, uh, protection. He's like the warrior of heaven. Okay. And that he said inside of my head with this booming voice, I am real. So he does have a form, you know? So it's, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know that it's like we need these. I, I'm kind of leaning more towards that these these figures are real. They're they're not something that's just like you know a bunch of purple light and, and that's all you see. You know. I don't know if that that answers. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't imagine what it's like to see. You're seeing this with your physical eyes, or is is it just mind's it's eye? An internal. Like this usually like vibrates on my head when I see things. Um, And I'm a highly visual person. So I think that that's why the spirit, that's how I communicate with the spirit. I think um, not everybody is clairvoyant. Um, I think that some people are really strong with a feeling or they hear something or, you know, it's different for everybody. It's individual. But for me, um, it's very visual. And from what I'm told, it's not it's not um, as common. I would say so. I mean, it sounds like you really have a profound gift here for this. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure a lot of people wish that they saw something like that in their own lives. Um, but it's also not necessary. I mean, like, I don't think we all need to have visions in order to evolve and grow spiritually. And we all have our own gifts, you know, um, some people might not be clairvoyant or, or have your gifts, but they have, you know, maybe they can, uh, like you said, sense things, or they can right. just know things or, or, or something like that. Or it could be just the gift of encouragement or like there's there's a, a guy I know that he is 
unbelievably gifted in touching people and they start crying and he makes pain go out of their bodies, but he doesn't want that gift. He wants the visionary gift. You see what I mean? Like he doesn't, you know, and I feel like if you don't honor what gifts you've been given and express them in the best way that you know how, maybe there's a limitation to other gifts, you know, like, it's just like, you're not acknowledging that, like, you want something that seems pretty, you know, big, or something like that. And it's not as big as it sounds. I mean, the the open visions are pretty big. But most of the time, it's just like when I was talking to you before, and I saw, you know, say an herb for you. So the reason I saw that is that I saw the words drop before me. I can see you at the same time, but I see that that herb in front of me. And so that's why I know that it's for you. You see? Yeah, that makes sense. You're sort of um, connecting two different things. So it's it's like a communication system. Yes. And you have you have these two points that sort of validate the message two or more. And you Um, may be ignoring it. You may be driving and you get this like idea. You're like, you see, I want to explain it to you like this. If there's, if there's something you can think about, um, recall the house you were in when you were a kid. Okay. Just recall that. And you know what it felt like, what it smelled like, what, you know, what the carpet was like or whatever, but you're generating that thought right now. But what if that thought popped into your head and you did not generate it? It was just there. And you're like, what, what's that? So you need to get better. I think we all have the gift of clairvoyancy. I think we brush it off a lot of times that you, something gets placed in, it's very subtle. It's not as it's not like the movie Sixth Sense all the time. You know, you're not just once in a while. I, I have seen that, but I've I've honed it down to where it's manageable, where I just see like movie pictures of people on the other side. Or, you know, I see uh, like that word of the herb or whatever. And oftentimes people see that, but they they go, well, is that that couldn't be it. Right. That's not it. But just ask yourself, did you generate that thought? It's subtle. It's there. And you're like, oh, that's God communicating with you. And the numbers are an easier, it's a very easy way. They're lightning fast. They're encoded with all kinds of information. And it's very simple to put, to get, to get your attention. Like you keep seeing seven, 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 seven. You look at the, the clock, it's five, five, five. You look at the, so take note and say, okay, well, what could that, what, what do you have for me, God? What is it? What do you want me to know? Search, seek, open your heart, be quiet, meditate. You know, he's the angels and God want a daily relationship with you, but you, we all want to do everything else, but that we don't want to stop and quiet our minds and just allow that to come. And what if there's some kind of um, imagery of what you should be doing for your health? 
you know, and it comes to mind, but you think that you're generating it. Just start to uh, hone in like, hey, I didn't really generate that thought. That just kind of got placed into my mind. That would be clairvoyancy. If you hear something, sometimes it can sound like your own voice, but it's not really something that you thought of. That could be, you know, direct communication from God. You know, so don't, I, I hope it doesn't come off like, oh my gosh, she's so, you know, she's seen this and she's seen that. I've done that. I've seen somebody talk and then I'm like, okay, I'm not that gifted. So I'm just not going to do it. You know, don't do that. Don't, my thing is my thing. And maybe I'm just expressive and in, in my visions and I'm articulate in it. I'm sure that many of the people here are getting visions or hearing the voice of God. They just are ignoring it. And there's too many distractions that keep us from following it, following that advice. Yeah. That. Yeah. I think we all have these abilities in, to varying degrees. Um, definitely just intuitively sensing things. I think everybody can do that. Yes. Um, and it, that's something I'm trying to get better at. It, for me, I've noticed that when I get a message, like you were saying, you didn't generate, I didn't generate it, but it showed up as like a package. It's, yeah. it's almost accompanied by like a vibration, kind of like a amp or something. That's just what it feels like for me. Vibration like what? Uh, like a, like an amp. Yes. Like one of those, you know, like a bass amp or something like that. Right. So you're talking about the frequency of the angels. So sometimes people will feel like this dense, I have felt it like a, 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 a shift of the molecules that are around you. It all of a sudden feels real dense, or you'll hear like a really super high pitch uh, sound in your ear, but it's not like some kind of health issue where you have, you know, ear ringing. It's just like, just comes. And that is, usually some information that is so high frequency that you can't hear it in like slow earthly words. So you just say, okay, thank you. And help me to understand what that is in, in this realm, <laughs> you know, help me to understand that. I even say things like that. And that vibration, like I, I sense from you that you're re really uh, they're cognizant. So you know things, there's there's things that like information just comes to you, but you didn't know how you figured it out. And you get kind of like this gut feeling. And like you said, that vibration of the amp, that is definitely uh, heaven speaking to you, you know? So you just start to breathe into that and you ask, you just say, can you, can you give me more clarity on that, on that message that you were, you know, trying to give me, you know, give me a dream. Like you said, you have dreams or you have, you know, out of body experiences, um, or it could be just this repeated number sequence or just, oh, that wasn't my own thought. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to follow that and then just weigh it, weigh wh where it's coming from. Yeah, I like all of that. Uh, this last year, 2023, was sort of like me honing in a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, I was listening to a guy, his name's Dr. Robert Gilbert. You might have heard of him. 
And he was talking about sort of developing these type of abilities that you're talking about. And uh, um, to what we were saying before, I think that um, most people have these abilities, but maybe they're not tuned into them. So then what happens is like, let's say that God or an angel gives you a message, but you haven't developed your abilities enough to be able to sense it or receive it. So it goes into your subconscious and then you, it sort of goes into your will and then it manifests as like a desire or a motivation or even a dream or something like that. But then as you get more developed with this stuff, you can actually start to get the actual message in real time. So, and then at an even higher level, you get what you have. I would say, I would say it's already developed within you. What it is more is uncovering layers of uh, programming and yes. layers of, I'm very thankful to my parents for saying, we want you to find God in your own way. We don't want to tell you what God is to you. So in that, it kind of made me like a open book sort of thing. I would say it's more about not developing something, but uncovering and connecting in your heart, connecting to that breath. That breath is there from God. As soon as you connect with that breath in silence, fasting, um, even if it's intermittent fasting. So like, say you get up, you don't eat during the night and then you just juice or you do water or something like that. And you, you know, breathe outside nature or you just, just tune into your, your breathing. That is going to vastly increase your communication with God. It's, it's in the, biblically speaking, it's there fast to, to communicate. This is what we do. I mean, there might be some dogma around it, like guilt, like you can't, you know, all that, but I'm saying, give your, give your body a chance. You know, if you've got, if you pick up your phone and there's a million emails and texts and social media that you're looking at, and then you cram down some, you know, heavy food, then you're likely not going to be able to hear the messages that God has for you. Um, so that's what I'm saying is it's more of an uncovering than it is a developing in, in my, in my experience or my knowing. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I think you're hundred percent right. And, you know, as we, I remember being a kid and, and like you said, clear cognizance, that was actually a pretty strong ability. And I remember having that and then lost it. And now I'm reading, not developing it, but uncovering it again. And yeah. I think that's pretty much what happens to most people. They go into adulthood and they, they, you know, go to college and school and they learn how to do all this mechanical cerebral stuff and then downplay the spiritual. And it's an right. uncovering of what's already there. I think you're hundred percent right. Right. And you just have to allow that, that field. Um, maybe in closing, I could just share with you um, if you got to hear the, the open vision part, when I was brought up to heaven and I was laying on that mist, I, I can at times just imagine that that mist, that field of limit, limitless, unconditional love. There's no, it's, it's so 
gorgeous, that love. You're breathing, you know that, you know, your breath is attached to God. It comes from God. So when you tune into that, you're breathing and you acknowledge that that breath is the breath of God that is breathing through you. And that's why you're alive. And that if you can imagine this field about you that are, it's made of molecules that are not like physical molecules and draw this field around you, inside of you, just this massive light, just every single molecule that is not a molecule, it's just the light, it's this sound of unconditional love, the sound of creation, the vibration of creation and all knowledge, but it's not just information. It's encoded with such love that you just, you're on your knees in not because you have to be on your knees and in surrender, but because there's no other place for you to go, but to go on your knees because it's that magnificent. And when you do that and you call it into your body, into your cells, into your DNA, and you just rest in your heart and you breathe in your heart. You pretend like you're breathing a wave of love, the, the love of God in your heart, not with your lungs, but your heart. You just imagine that. And you just allow that light to spread all out throughout your body, down to the DNA level, out shooting out into the universe. And just sit there for a moment in gratefulness, just Find whatever you can be grateful about and practice it. Don't, you know, don't, okay, well, wait, I did that five minutes and then, you know, practice it and just ask God to show you what gifts he has instilled in you for you to express out into the world. And so I just want to share that, that field, that Holy Spirit field whether you want to call it the matrix or the points of light or the universal field, for me, it's the Holy Spirit. Um, and so just draw that into your body and, and let go of the baggage that you're carrying around. Let go of what you're not forgiving within yourself, what you're not forgiving in other people, what you're not forgiving in the world, you know, um, just let it go and stay there and allow God to uncover you and to show you what your purpose is. <laughs> Thank you for that. So if people want to reach out to you, uh, take one of your sessions, buy your books. I know you have a website, you have a YouTube channel. Where can they find you? Okay, so I have a website. It's called angelintuitiveministry.com. And um, you can read things on there and book sessions. There's all kinds of stuff there. I have um, frequency music that is healing um, as well. Um, my YouTube channel is the same, Angel Intuitive Ministry. My Facebook is Angel Intuitive Ministry. If you, my Instagram, same thing. And um, if you want to check out the repeated number sequences page, it's like a membership. Facebook membership. That's 333 repeated 
number sequences, languages of the angels. And um, I'll accept you on there. And so, yeah, my book is available on all fronts. It's on the Hay House um, website, Amazon, Apple Books, Goodreads. I think you can find it like wherever. And um, I'm doing a big book festival in LA in April. So um, that would be fun if people are into books, you know, like physical books, but you can buy both digital and paper books. But um, yes, I've just enjoyed this time. You're such, you're such a beautiful soul. And I'm just so excited that you saw, you know, one of the shows and then just reached out. And I was really touched when you said I was touched. I just thought, I thought that was a beautiful way of saying that. So thank you so much.